0: So glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family, and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you, and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Yeah, look, um, it's great to be—it's uh, great to be here again. Um, here again, I'm always here. Um, but look, it is—it is a—it is, is a privilege, and. Um, yeah, thank you, Dan, for your mini sermon this morning about exalting. I was thinking, as I was saying, I exalt you. I exalt you. Um, yeah, I, I did get a bit of an attack of the guilt, you know, and think, well, uh, am I really doing that? Are, are we really exalting uh, God in our uh, in our everything? And that leads me on to um, the second part of. Living your best life. Now, that's a common, um, that's a common term that we use uh, a lot. It's a very trendy thing to use on uh, um, Facebook. And um, it's like there used to be one called maintaining the rage was another one. Quite a few other um, things that, that come into, into vogue. But living your best life. And last week, we looked at living your best life as a Christian and I made it very clear that this was Christian with a little C. Okay, with a little C. And we talked about um, Christian with a little C is somebody that has given their lives to Christ but hasn't grown their salvation at all, really, since then. And what's happened to that uh, person or family perhaps is that they've built a lifestyle, um, a particular lifestyle, and God's in that lifestyle, but perhaps not in everything, as we sang this morning. God's part of that lifestyle, and when it suits, God's very important. When it doesn't suit, God's not quite so important. If you've got a better offer, and we used um, uh, Sunday morning attendance, just as a as an example. Uh, there's many examples I could have chosen, but I chose Sunday morning attendance. Um, if, there was su- if you had a better offer okay, for a Sunday morning, you chose that. And that's, in a nutshell, that's Christianity in a, in a little sea. And we talked about the pros and cons of that. Um, some, of the, some of the pros of that is you get to sleep in on Sunday morning. Um, Another one is you have more money in your bank because you don't have to give any because you're, uh, you're not coming to church. Um, you don't, um, uh, you're only really caring for yourself because you don't know the cares of others because you haven't been in communion with them. And anyway, I think the upshot of last week was I think I managed to convince you that being a Christian with little c was really not the best. Um, And probably one of the overarching things was you've lived your life to a plan, but not God's plan for your life. And so um, I'm going to be talking about a particular verse, well, several scriptures this morning, um, but one talks about losing your life to gain it. And that's the paradox in Christianity, that you give up your life, you turn God into everything, in your life and you gain it back and um, it's quite an amazing um, it's quite an amazing thing when we're able to do that um, so this week we're talking about being a disciple with a capital D okay so a Christian with a little c a disciple with a capital D um, now um, a better person than me could talk about um, discipleship uh, every week. We could do a 6 to 12 week course perhaps on discipleship and all that sort of thing but I really want to cut it down. I'm a pretty simple fellow uh, real, really and I must admit from the outset I'm not a very good disciple. I try but I'm not always successful so um, please as I said last week um I'm not, I'm not preaching at you, I'm not judging you, I'm putting myself into every aspect um, of that as well. So um, I'm not always the disciple that I should be. So what's a good, simple definition of a disciple? I, I, I read quite a bit on the internet leading up to these two sermons, but, and in the end... I just had to I just had to leave it because um, most of the uh, definitions of discipleship out there uh, are pretty long winded but I realized that um, being a disciple is being a follower of Christ being a follower of Christ and if you want to break it down a little bit um, uh, more uh, being a disciple is being um, is being like a dog okay so if you don't remember anything out of sermon this morning remember live like be a dog okay be a dog um, yeah um, now in in the church family here we've got quite a few new dogs haven't we uh, we've got I know the shooters have got a new little dog we've got a dog that's only a few months older but what Oh yeah, yeah, yeah—an actual. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm not talking. I was oh, okay. Oh, sorry. So, oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. And what do dogs do? I know our dog um, needs us to feed him. Okay. So if if we're a dog disciple, so this is going to get you out of hand now, isn't it? It, it all worked on paper, yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm not talking about, to- I'm not talking about toilet training. But um, our dog follows us around okay, all the time. Wherever we go, whatever we do, it needs to know, okay? And it gets anxious when we're not there. I don't know what our dog's doing at the moment, but he's not very happy because he can't be where we are, okay? So, needs feeding, follows us everywhere. He went to sleep on my foot this morning during breakfast. Okay, so um, we'll, I've I'll, been I'll, not stretch it too far. Yeah, been not stretch it too far. But breaking it down, um, yeah, just think of um, what your dog um, does um, with you and for you and its behaviour, and that's a lot. Like apart from peeing on the carpet, um, that is really what. Um, the Lord wants uh, from us when we're following. And we're going to start this morning um, with Deuteronomy chapter 6 and you think well how does that relate to being a disciple of Jesus? We're going right back to Deuteronomy um, and I made sure that I checked up uh, in the context of what Deuteronomy was this morning. um, because uh, otherwise Deb will um, will talk to me afterwards. But Deuteronomy was about um, the preparation of going into the promised land. I think. Thank, thanks, Deb. She's nodding. That's excellent. Okay. But we know that the whole Bible is to do basically with Jesus, and this is a, this is a forerunner, if you like, um, the forerunner of. Um, a discipleship and we'll start uh, deuteronomy chapter six verses four to nine and it's Hear, O israel the lord our god the lord is one love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength these commandments that i give you today are to be upon your hearts Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of uh, your houses and on your gates. So this is thousands of years ago, thousands of years before Christ, and yet we've got the, these instructions and, and we can relate to them straight away, can't we? This idea of walking and talking and praying and being with our children and whenever we're sitting down, whenever we're eating, whenever we're travelling. The, there are some pointers here on how to be a, a disciple. How might that look in, in practice, well, that might be um, family worship after an evening meal. Okay, It might be if, um, and it works well for Leslie and I, we have a little devotion together before, uh, before the day starts while we're, uh, while we're eating breakfast and feeding our dog um, our peanut butter crusts, toast crusts. Um, while we're doing that. Okay. Um, It might look like when your child comes home from school and they're upset about something. It might look like sitting down with your child and praying with them. And as I say, it might look like a family worship time uh, after, uh, after dinner in the evening. That's just one simple example. But... You can see that it is so important, even back thousands of years before Jesus, that, um, this, message that uh, uh, this message that the children of Israel were getting, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Um, it was a particular um, uh, set up, I think, with the high priests mainly, Deb, where they they tied things, they did tie things around the word of God, um, and the commandments on around their heads, uh, around their waists. I think it was as well. Um, it was amazing just how much they uh, they took to uh, took to heart as far as uh, being uh, the forerunner of disciples of uh, of Jesus, if you like. But that certainly in terms of obeying God. Deuteronomy 30, and this was amazing. I read this again the other day. And the words just jump off the page, just jump off the page, um, and seem so applicable to us today. Um, And this is, again, this is Moses talking And he says, now what I am, uh, talking to the children of Israel, now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. So that's uh, comforting, isn't it? Uh, Discipleship is not meant to be a burden. Discipleship is not meant to be a burden. Uh, It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we might obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea. So you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us uh, so we may obey it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and your heart so you may obey it. So it's already there. It's already at hand. We've, We've got the word of God, whether it's in paper format or it's on your phone, it's right there. See, I set for you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands. So there's the exactly the same command as we've he- heard before. We need to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess so as we said this is uh, before they go into the promised land and it's a promise that we can claim as well but if your heart turns away and you're not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them I declare to you this day that you will certainly be, be destroyed you will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you Many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that uh, idea of choosing life is just as important. Uh, It was important then. It's important now. And what life are we going to choose? Are we going to choose the little C Christian life, or are we going to choose the double D disciple life I'd hope that we choose life and we, you know, sometimes we're not very good at it, I'm not very good at it but I sort of see it as consistency and commitment forming habits of um, forming habits of of worship, whether that be through prayer, through uh, family devotions, through um, what people call, often call a quiet time, but a time alone with God each day. It's a lifelong personal development course, so you've got to be prepared for that. We're going to talk about the pros and cons in a minute of um, discipleship. Um, but basically what it is is a lifelong personal development course. But in, my, in, the, in the secular environment, personal development courses um, what happens is it's all about you, isn't it? It's all about you. And um, there's no sharing of that. But with discipleship, what are we... And, and this is not a rhetorical question. What are we commanded to do? If we're disciples, what are we commanded to do? What, what's it Apart from what we've just read about loving the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Loving others. Loving others teaching others. So the personal development courses and, and sermons on the Sunday morning are a small part of that. If you're prepared to be consistent, to be committed to God, you will be on a lifelong personal development uh, course and you'll learn some things and there'll be some hard things. All right, but... The more we learn about giving our life away to others, to God, the more that that life will come back to us. And if we go over to Ephesians chapter four, and thank you, uh, Crystal, for uh, reading that among a whole lot of other things that you you did this morning. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forward by the waves and blown here and there. There's a couple of really good things that come out of uh, being a disciple and that's learning the truth, and having peace. And I'll touch on those um, a little bit later on. But Ephesians chapter four, verses fourteen says that we we do have to grow because we don't want to be infants tossed back and forward by the waves and blown here and there. We want to be sure of where we stand, and we need to be speaking the truth in love. And when we do that, uh, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. I realise now, and I mentioned my, my age last week, I'm not as old as Laurie, for example. Uh, and some of you are older than me. But when you're 61, like I am, and you think, yeah, I've got a few health issues and all that sort of thing, you start. I've got about 20 years probably to be useful and I think to myself I wish I'd understood that more when I was 40 or when I was 30 or when I was, uh, when I was 25. I wished I'd understood more about discipleship um, uh, then than I do now because we don't want to be infants for all of our Christian lives, do we? We want to be... And we want God to be proud of us. I talked a little bit last week about if we choose to be a little C Christian, God's not going to be disappointed with us, but He's going to be saddened by the fact that we didn't live, live the uh, the plan that He wanted for our lives. So, what are some of the what are some of the cons of being a disciple? Um, well. You can't sleep in on a Sunday morning. Probably is a good one. And you go, oh well, I'm going away on hol- holiday to Mollymook, okay, or Ulladulla or something. And I'm pretty sure there's a, um, I'm pretty sure there's a, a Baptist church at Ulladulla. So if you're at Mollymook or Ulladulla for for a weekend away, how about going to their church on a Sunday morning, okay? Um, you might have, uh, you'll certainly have less money in the bank because one of the things that we do is um, we, we give an offering each week or each month or however we do it. And sometimes we're on a promise that we'll get that money back. <laughs> sometimes uh, we get a blessings in other ways when we do that but it's more blessed to give than to receive isn't it so um, it's a good thing to do but it's hard work it's hard work. Um, I mentioned last week that uh, as Christians these days um, we're maligned, marginalised and minimised aren't we? And so the temptation, you, say, you might say to yourself, well, I'd never be a Christian with a little c. But it's very tempting. I can tell you it's very tempting as you realise because it's hard work because people don't like you. Okay? Um, Jesus said, you may very well be hated because of me. He says, I'm hated in this world. You may very well be hated as well. So it's hard work. It requires discipline, it requires habit forming. I read um, Hebrews 12 verse 1 this week that quite apart from saying that there's a whole um, lot of witnesses looking down uh, on us, uh, at us and how we're doing, it says run with endurance the race that is set before you. Now, I'm no runner. I've never been a runner uh, at all. No laughing please, Eliza. Um, <laughs> never been a runner. Um, I used to go, I used to go um, cycling with Cheryl and Peter and I realised I'm not a bike rider either. You know, The sight of Cheryl disappearing um, into, the, into the distance as I try and uh, keep up was just too much for me in the end. And so when she asked me again to go riding, I said no. (laughs) Okay, all right. So I've got to understand a bit more, Uh, well, maybe I do, run with endurance. So you're going to need endurance. You're going to need time. And the world does its very best, the world does its very best to um, cram stuff into what, time you've got available. Uh, We were just watching a little bit of a movie on Netflix last night, and I can't believe just on Netflix, you you know, you could spend the rest of your life and more just watching Netflix videos. You know, it's just the, the amount of... The world doesn't want you to have time to just sit and think. It requires sacrifice. Sometimes... Um, the Lord will say, well, I want to take you out of yes and I want to take you somewhere else. I want to take you overseas. I want to uh, make you give up uh, what you've got, your life. And it's something that we need to do on a regular basis. I think we need to um, stop every few months and just say, is the Lord leading me somewhere else? Am I giving him enough time? Am I giving enough discipline in my life to really understand and to know if if there's a change of direction coming up? But leading into the prose, which is always a good way to uh, uh, talk about um, discipleship, um, Matthew 16 starts out, And this is uh, what I touched on earlier, Matthew 16, verses 24 to 27. Uh, Jesus is is going through, uh, doing some teaching with the disciples. And he starts out and he says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So I can imagine the disciples, they already understand the concept of a cross. As being a terrible thing about giving up your life so Jesus says if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me but then here comes the paradox for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me will find it what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. So that leads us into the pros of discipleship. And of course... We've already touched on the Great Commission where we've got to go into uh, the world as disciples, okay? Um, and we need to share the word. John chapter 13 verse 34 says, and I should memorize it, but I haven't. Um, John 1334, says a new command i give you <laughs> it's probably, it's not a really a new command i give you love one another okay but he's got a you know the disciples are slow learners as i have loved you so you must love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another it's an amazing thing being part of the family uh, being a fa- family of, of God, being a church family here. What's even more amazing is that we are a witness to people driving past. I The countless times uh, that people have come onto the yard and I start talking about my faith or the church that I go to or whatever, and they already know all about it. They already know all about it. And... Um, that's what we want to, to foster. John chapter 15, we've been, uh, we spent a lot of time on this um, 12 months ago, learning to abide and, and the, uh, the vine and the branches. Um, we often don't get down, though, uh, all the way down to verse 8, which just says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. showing yourselves to be my disciples. And again, there's a little bit of a paradox there. You say, well, why do I have to give glory to God? Well, we just do. Why do I have to exalt him? Well, we just do. Because ultimately, we bear much fruit. And the fruit that they're talking about is not grapes. The fruit that they're talking about is, is um, kindness, love, humility, self control, all of that sort of thing becomes, you become a better person. And a byproduct of that is that people say there's something different about you. And it's to the Father's glory, and you're showing yourself as disciples. We talked about um, uh, truth. John 8, verse 31. And we often quote this, don't we? Um, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will Set set you free. And boy, is truth subjective these days, isn't it? It is so subjective. It's... Um, I've got my truth, you've got your truth. It might be a lie. My truth might be a lie. It doesn't matter. You know, truth is not really truth. This is the real truth, okay? All right, no subjective nonsense here, okay? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then the other thing that I like, so, so truth is a, is a thing that, um, yeah, I, re- I really like. Philippians chapter 4 is the other thing that I really like, and that's the underlying peace that we have. The underlying peace that we have if we are his disciples. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So it's fantastic, isn't it? Like, um, if ever we need our hearts and minds uh, guarded, It's now, okay? As we talked about last week, life is getting harder and harder, certainly in my opinion. And to have verses of scripture saying you'll know the truth and it'll set you free if you're my disciples. Um, If we've got um, uh, verses coming out of God's word saying that there will be the peace of God in you which transcends all understanding, that's fantastic. And of course, one of the um, one of the, the most amazing things about um, being a disciple, rather than being a Christian with a small c, is it's very unlikely it's very unlikely for the Lord to be um, saddened by you. As I said, he's never disappointed with you. But there is the opportunity, if you're a, a Christian with a small c, to grieve the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week. But Matthew 25, uh, 21 is part of a, a narrative, part of a quite a long sermon or discussion that Jesus is having with his uh, disciples, teaching with his disciples, and the parable of the talents. And Matthew 25, 21 talks about about that. Um, And as we know, the one that really took the talents that he was given and multiplied them, Matthew 25, 21 says, um, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And we think about that sometimes as just a story. But it's really, God goes on, sorry, Jesus goes on after that to talk about sheep and the goats and what they mean to them when they come before his throne and the end days. And so it's a very clear indicator of what Jesus will be saying to us. And we want him to say that to us, don't we? I mean, I'm just going to be glad to get into heaven. (laughs) Okay. Um, But if he says to me that I was a good and faithful servant, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? Instead of feeling that perhaps I've grieved the Holy Spirit, if I've tried if I've uh, loved the Lord, my God, with all the heart, soul, and I've been fruitful, well, then being told that I'm a good and faithful servant, it's something to live for, isn't it? Isn't that something to live for? Every day, every day, um, that that he will uh, be pleased uh, with me. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your amazing love for us and thank you for the amazing paradoxes about about losing when we lose our life for you when we lose our life for you we gain it we gain it back we live our lives according to your plan which is for your glory and our righteousness Lord and we just we just thank you for that There's no reasons for us to be, no good reasons for us to be Christians with a little c. Lord, and we might not be good. I might not be as good at being a disciple with a capital D as I should be. But, Lord, you're there and you're loving me and supporting me through that. As Dan said this morning, we grow into your righteousness. We grow in your truth. Lord, you give us back an amazing peace that passes all understanding. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be concerned about where we're going or even day to day what we're doing, Lord, if we are seeking to follow you. So, Lord, we thank you that all of that has been through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. And all we need to do, Lord, is to accept that message and then grow into that message for the rest of our lives. Grow into that truth that you love us and you care for us amazingly. So we thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today